Hey everybody. Um first off I just I want to say thank you uh to everyone who who put this together. Um I think it's really great. I'm used to uh the the gatherings at grandma's house and um having everyone, you know, under the same roof celebrating together and I know that given the circumstances uh we can't do that right now. So this is the the best that we can offer and I'm I'm grateful for it and um I'm also just very uh grateful to have an opportunity to to speak and uh give the message. I want to honor everybody's time, so I'm not going to give an all out message. I'm going to try to limit this to a TED talk and give you about 10 minutes. Um if I had to um, name this this message. Uh, what I'd want to call it is that uh, resurrection is no one-time miracle. Now, w- why would I say that resurrection is no one-time miracle? See, for me, everything points to something bigger. Whatever it is that happens in our lives, uh, whether it's a small moment or whether it's a big one like marriage or having a child... I believe that those things are not just limited to that small experience, but they point to something bigger. They point to something more divine and more holy. And so when we look at our lives, we're looking at microcosms. We're looking at small scale representations of something that's big and that's grand and that's beautiful and that is created by God. You can see this in the life cycles of a tree where in the spring it begins to uh, bloom and you see flowers and and new leaves. It's in its fullness in the summer and then in the fall as the weather gets colder, the leaves begin to fall. In winter with the harsh weather, it's bare and dry and it appears to be dead. But in the spring again, it comes forth with new leaves. It comes forth with new flowers. It's alive again. And so you see those small scale representations of this big, beautiful, loving God. You see that in the scriptures. But I think for us as Christians, most importantly, who we see that through is the person of Jesus Christ. And just to give a bit more framework, just a little bit more groundwork, and to remind all of us, Jesus Christ is not a name. Jesus is the name of the man, but Christ is a title. It would be better to say Jesus, the Christ. And the reason for that is when we look at Jesus, the Christ, we're looking at something that is fully God and something that is fully man. Jesus lived a life on earth. For some 33 years. And the Christ descended like a dove. Filled the man named Jesus. So he lived as Jesus the man. And as the Christ. One in the same fully God fully man. And so with all this talks of. Small scale and large scale. Micro and macrocosms. Jesus serves to us our best example. Of a small scale representation of something that is grand and beautiful and divine. He, as the man, was also the infinite God. 
And I think that that's something that we should often remind ourselves of when we read the scriptures or when we're listening to a good song or when we're at church worshiping, that what we're seeing is God on full display living a human life. And so as we read the scripture for today, um, I'll go ahead and give you a moment to get there if you do have your Bible with you. We're going to be reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, and we'll be focusing on verses 11 through 23. I'm going to read through that for you and, and with you. But as we read the Scripture, I want you to take a moment and just to consider what this representation is on a larger scale and what it means for you and I. That when we look at resurrection, we're not looking at a one-time occurrence. But we're looking at something that God wants us to reflect in our daily lives. So we're going to pick up at John chapter 20, verses 11 through 23. Mary was standing outside of the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus was lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Verse 19, That Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And so those are the verses for today. And so, given what we've read and what we've covered, what does resurrection look like? And how have you in your own life practiced that resurrection? See, according to the Scriptures, through Christ we have been given the Holy Spirit. This, again, just like resurrection, is no one-time miracle. When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove 
And in the verses, he breathes that same spirit onto his disciples and onto his followers. And on and on that lineage goes. You and I are a part of that. And so that same spirit, that same power that God gave the Son and that the Son gave to the disciples, he has given to us. And so we are just as capable of, of resurrection in our own daily lives. Now, what, what does that look like? Again, what is resurrection? Resurrection is raising from the dead. Resurrection is conquering the grave. Resurrection is coming from a place where you are not alive to being fully alive. And so for some of us, what that means is healing and grace and mercy. When you look at Jesus... And I want you to to, to think long and hard about this. Jesus is the forgiving victim. He lived a life that was perfect and died a death he didn't deserve. For what? To reconcile us back to God. Something he didn't deserve to die for. He was a forgiving victim. And he did all of that for the sake of our healing. He did all of that for the sake of showcasing grace and showcasing mercy. And so resurrection looks like showcasing mercy and grace, giving something that maybe someone else didn't deserve, but maybe it's something that they need so that you can move on and so that maybe you can be alive. Maybe there's something that's rotting in you, that's festering in you because you're so hurt or you're so angry and you need to give that thing up and you need to forgive so that you can live again. Or maybe it's something that someone needs to hear from you so that they can feel that life, so that they can resurrect in that area of of, of their life. Resurrection might also look like surrender and trust. Surrender being death. Lord, I'm giving this to you. Trust is what comes from the ground, that new thing that grows in our hearts and in our lives. Surrender and trust, death and life. Resurrection might look like letting go. And this, again, let me remind you, this isn't something that you can wash your hands of and it's over. Sometimes you have to go through cycles. Sometimes it hurts again and you have to resurrect again and again and again. But I urge you to do it over and over and over again, just as the Lord Jesus has prescribed in the verse. It might be anger that you're holding on to. You might be dealing with some depression. You might be anxious about something. But you have the ability in a moment to surrender that thing and to let that thing go and to let that thing die so that you can resurrect. So let me ask you, how have you resurrected and how will you resurrect after this? I'm almost done. (laughs) Resurrection can happen again and again. And so now I I just want to go back to the beginning of that, that reading. When Mary is at the tomb and she doesn't see Jesus there. And the angels and Jesus himself ask, why are you crying? She's hurt. She's broken. She's in despair. There's something that's wrong. There's something in her heart that hurts. That's why she's crying. But she hasn't yet witnessed the resurrection. 
And so the angels and Jesus himself are asking, why are you crying? Why are you in despair? Because I'm right here in front of you. I want to remind each and every one of you that you're not broken and being put back together. You are simply being made more whole. And the story of the resurrection shows us how we can become more whole again and again. And so I am I'm grateful for this good news. I'm grateful for this gospel. And um, I'm grateful for this opportunity to, to share the word. I just want to close in a quick word of prayer and then we can move um, on to the next item. Uh, Lord, thank you very much for resurrection. Thank you for uh, showing us and embodying what resurrection looks like. And giving us the same spirit and giving us the authority. Uh, You say in your word in Ephesians um, that everything is, is, is brought together in the person of Jesus. And that for us, resurrection is sanctification. Resurrection is putting on the mind of Christ. Resurrection is becoming and being transformed into the image of Jesus. So we thank you for that. And we thank you for this family. I'm honored to be a part. We are all grateful um, for this, this occasion. Thank you. Amen.